What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Sean Lou, coming at you one more time, a.k.a. Reverend Lyle Lewis. You guys know who I am. I am one of the ministers at the Word Evangelistic Church, where the pastor is the prophet Willis E. Townsend, my co-pastor is prophetess Denise Townsend. We have our services on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Come on out if you're in the Chicagoland area. But if not, you can check us out on YouTube. You can Google us. You can check us out on Facebook. You can check us out at thewordevangelisticchurch.com. Um, or look at your local TV listings. We should be somewhere on one of your stations. We're all over the place, man. Our ministry is growing. That's why I'm trying to get my own ministry to grow. Just like my pastor, you know, uh, just following his footsteps, you know. Um, but without further ado, now, as usual, like I told you guys, you know, um, you all know what series that I'm doing with the whole uh, Add to Your Faith series. But like I said, should it be that the Lord comes and gives me inspiration about another scripture to deliver another message? I will do it. So then this way, you know, when you're delivering messages for God, when he gives you a message, you don't want to uh, 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 like postpone it or put it off because then it's like kind of quenching the spirit of God. And I don't want to do that. That's the last thing that I want to do, because if the Lord gives me something, that means that there's somebody out there. One of you guys out there really needs to hear this. Somebody out there that didn't think of it this way, didn't see it this way. There's something that I can bring to you in some kind of new light. So, you know, just listen, pay attention. And I assure you, I'm going to give you something that's real good. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to dive into the word of God. Uh, let's see. So the scripture I'm coming from today is taken from Luke, the 11th chapter, starting at the 24th verse. And it reads as thus it says, when, a, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return into my house, which I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. He goeth and take it to himself. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. All right. So, you know, uh, I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to title this message uh, Gateway Spirits. And the reason why I come, I'm going to entitle this message called Gateway Spirits is because, um, okay, we all, you know, most of you, most of you, most people, uh, there's very few of it that don't. But most people know that it's the same concept with drugs. Okay. Like you look at drugs, you look at alcohol, you know, even activity, you know, everything is kind of like a gateway. This is the reason why when we were kids, you know, our parents would always say, don't get involved in, in certain things. Don't get involved with certain people. But this is also the reason why if you look at the word of God, even the Bible says uh, in the book of Psalms, it says, um, it's Psalms or Proverbs, I forget right now but it's one of those books forgive me for not remembering off the bat but it says the word of god says doesn't matter what book it is it's still the word of god it says that um you know if the wicked come and they say you know put your person with me and let's go do wickedness it tells you don't go why would it tell you not to do that well it's the same concept as with these scriptures right here when you do something and you do one thing it kind of snowballs into something even worse, if you get what I'm saying. Because what happens is, is you do one thing, and then you know a lot of times you wind up either having to lie to cover up, cover it up, or you wind up having to do something else to make sure that, that you cover your tracks, or you know what I'm saying. It winds up being like a whole big thing, a whole big 
plethora of things that you wind up having to do to either cover your tracks or to try to make it go away or whatever the case may be. And usually it never ever goes away because you always wind up having to lie, cheat, steal. You know what I'm saying? You always wind up having to do something wrong. You have to wrong somebody else to make it right. Or something. You know what I'm saying? It's just a whole big ball of confusion. All right. And, 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 and doing wrong never, ever pans out right for an individual, especially if you're trying to be saved. Now, you look at a lot of people, they seem to be doing wrong all the time and they seem to be prospering. But if you look deep into what they are involved in, you'll see it's lies. It's hurting people. It's stealing from people. It's you get what I'm saying. It's a bunch of other bad things that's going on. They may not necessarily have a conscience about it, but you can't just look at it that they're doing okay because of what's on the surface. On the inside, they're really hurting. Don't be, do not be fooled. Do not be fooled. Individuals who are doing bad, they are hurting on the inside. Individuals who are doing wrong, they know they're doing wrong. It's plaguing their mind. It's torturing their mind. Okay? Now... Getting back to this scripture, like it says, it says, we're going to go and we're going to start and we're going to break down each scripture. It says, okay, so when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. So this means that at one point in time, this man had an unclean spirit, right? You know, be it that he was saved and, he, and something happened, came into his life, he fought it out. Or be it that he got saved and got the unclean spirit out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, and, and normally what happens is, you know, we hear that, but this is like the Bible says, when the word of God comes, it's like the seed and the sower. Remember that that whole saga. If you don't remember that saga, go back, listen to that saga. That was some good stuff that I had delivered uh, in those messages. Um, but it was like the the seed and the sower. You get it where uh, a seed is sown. Like I said, the word of God is planted. It's that's the seed. The word of God in the um, the place where it's planted is in the individual. The type of individual it's planted in. You know. And it says that, you know, when the word of God comes, you know, you have it where some Satan steals it immediately. Others, it 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 it, it may fall, but it, it may go on. And like, let's see, you got the you got it where the birds steal it, which is where Satan comes and steals the word. You got it where it falls on stony ground where it can't take root. Um, those are those that hear the word and, you know, uh, they you know, they don't get rooted in the word. You have it where uh, the word of God does fall among thorns. Um, notice it didn't say that it, it didn't fall on good soil. It just said that it fell among thorns. What does that mean? Meaning, it, it, meaning, okay, so when the word of God says that it fell among thorns, notice it said that it grew, right? So therefore it kind of took root. But it said, what did it say? It said that the thorns choked them out. What does that mean? It was meaning that when, you know, they heard the word of God, they received it with joy and gladness, but the cares of this world choked the, choked the word out of them. You get what I'm saying? Um, so when... You have it where, like I said, like the scripture says, it says when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, the unclean spirit goes out of a man. So therefore it was there. So now with this unclean spirit being in the individual and now gone, the individual feels clean. He feels happy. You know what I'm saying? He feels free. You know, he feels all the benefits of a true deliverance. Now, here's the question. Now, let's go on. It says, when unclean spirit is, is gone out of a man, he, he talked about the unclean spirit, walking through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He said, I will return to my house from which I came. Now, what does this mean? When Satan, devil, whatever spirit, whatever is cast out of you, you know what I'm saying? When you get delivered from this, it leaves you. This is the reason why a lot of times, you know, individuals, they go into cycles. You know what I'm saying? They're forever getting the devil out of them and then it comes back. 
and then they get the devil out of them, and then it comes back. It's just a steady cycle that says that it leaves and it goes and it's seeking rest. What does that mean? Meaning that it's just like an individual who uh, got kicked out of their house. Let's talk about like, you know, for example, you get a kid that the child that gets kicked out of their house, right? Now, that kid, he's going to go out and he's going to stay at a friend's house. He's going to go stay at my, uh, 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 not mom's house, but uh, uh, grandma's house, auntie's house, uncle's house, another friend's house. After a while, he's going to try to come back home. Why? Because that's where he's familiar with. That's where his stuff is. That's where you get what I'm saying. That's where he's been going. That's all. That's the only thing he knows. That's what I said. It's seeking through dry places. He says he's going. Satan will go out. He leaves you. He go out. And in the process of him going out, he's just more or less just roaming around. But it says that he never really finds a place to settle down. Right. Just putting this in layman's terms. Now, you all know this, but we're going to really get into some good stuff. So it says, he said, he said, I will return to my house when he came. Now, notice this. Notice how the devil in in this in this scripture says, I will return to my house. You can say Satan still considers you as his house. Why? Because most people, most people have been uh, have they've been saved a lot less longer than they've been unsaved. You get what I'm saying? They've been saved a lot less longer than they've been a sinner. So therefore, Satan considers you his house. So therefore, like I said, whether you were saved or not saved, if the devil gets cast out of you, he's going to try to come back. Okay. Now. What happens with this is when the devil comes back. Now, notice this is the reason, the reason why we're going to get into calling this gateway spirits is because when the devil is there, the devil constantly, Satan, you know, drive, you know, forces within you constantly drive you to do things, right? They try, they drive you to do all kinds of things that's not like God. They drive you to do all kinds of things that goes against the word of God. And in the process of you, being um, driven to do these things, notice the types of things that go through. You, 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 you. Okay, let's deal with this. We'll use a prime example. Prime example. David. Okay. Gateway spirit. Prime example of what gateway spirits will do to you. Prime example of what gateway spirits will do to you. David went on his roof to pray. We know the story of him and Bathsheba. David went on his roof to pray. He looked down and saw a woman bathing naked on her roof. Automatically, the spirit of lust came in. Right? Spirit of lust came in. The spirit of lust opened the door for the spirit of convetiousness because that was a married man's wife. But he still wanted her. Right? So therefore, that spirit turned into convetiousness. Convetiousness led to greed. Which convetiousness is greed, but it's a whole nother, it's a different level of greed. Convetiousness is another whole nother level of greed. You know what I'm saying? So it went from coming in like, you know, he coveted, meaning he just wanted it, but then it went to greed where he took it. So therefore, greed and stealing. Right? Then from greed and stealing to lying, from lying to murder, from murder to pretending like it never happened. Now he's, you know what I'm saying? Notice the last state of David. When the prophet got to him, David was at a state where he was just, just so full of himself. You know what I'm saying? He was just so, and he pretended like it never happened and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. 
Thanks be to God, he accepted the word of God from the prophet to go ahead and get himself, you know, get himself right, you know, back right with God. But this is what the point is. The point is, is notice at the end of David, notice when, when the prophet came to him, he was in a bad shape. Now, I don't mean a bad shape physically or anything like that, but I mean in a bad shape in the eyes of God. He wasn't in right standing with God. See, the first thing that everybody wants to think is that, oh, the last state of that man is worse than the beginning, meaning that he may wind up being, you might wind up being a lot worse than what you started off, you know, meaning like this is, you know, like just say, for example, you started off drinking. Now, you know, you're drunk and you're addicted to all kinds of drugs and you're in all kinds of bad shape physically. You get what I'm saying? It's not just that. Don't just look at the natural aspect. You also have to look at the spiritual aspect of this. It says the last day that man, what did that say? It says, we're going to skip down to the, I'm going to cover it all, but I'm going to skip down just for this part to the last part of the 26 verse. It says, and the last day of that man is worse than the first. Everybody always thinking about naturally. The last day of that man is worse than the first. Don't just think about it naturally. You also got to consider it spiritually. The last state of where you are in God is a lot worse than what you were when you started. See, even look at the scripture. It says the unclean spirit left. It was gone. You're in great standard with God. But then the spirits came back. Seven other demons came back and they came back in. They came back in. And in the process of them coming back in, they settled down. And now here it is, they done took root. Instead of the word of God taking root in you, these seven other spirits, along with the original spirit, has taken root. Now, if you were just somebody in lust, now you're somebody who's in lust and 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 and, and battling several other demons on top of lust. If you were an alcoholic, now you're an alcoholic and a drug addict. If you were married, now here it is. You're an adulterer and a four. You're an adulterer and 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 possibly even now going against the word of God and, and, and fooling with people of the same sex. If you're a man, you were a man, you were married. You let lust come in. Lust came in and put you through all these different things. You didn't, you, 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 you in lust. You lied to your wife. You didn't committed adultery. You didn't did this. It destroyed your marriage. Now here it is. You wind up with another. You're, you're in result. You're a man. You're with another man yourself. But when you got delivered, it was just you and your wife. It was just you and your husband. But now when Satan's done with you, now here it is. You're a prostitute. See, you got to understand, like I said, it's not just the natural, but it's also the spirit. So now here it is where here it is. You were saved. Now you're not saved. Here it is. You had high standing and high standards in God. Now you got none. What did the Bible say? The Bible said that if a righteous turn from his righteousness, it said all that he did, I will not remember. So now here it is. Everything that you worked up to be in God is gone. That sounds like a worser state. To me also, like I said, you can't just look at the natural. Don't just look at the natural that, oh, okay, well, once, you know, I had everything. Now I got nothing. You just, you, you know what I'm saying? Don't just focus on that. If you protect your spiritual person, protect the spirit man within you, protect the spiritual side of you. I assure you, it's not to say that we don't watch the natural side, but if you watch your spiritual side more, 
I guarantee you, your natural side will fall in place. Why? Because when you watch the spiritual side, when you pay attention to the spiritual side, just as either equal to or more than the natural side, you're going to keep your spirit man intact and in line with God the way that he wants you to. It's not going to be that you're going to go do a lot of things that you know go against the word of God. You're going to forever be involved in the word of God. You're going to be forever trying to submit yourself to the word of God. Well, not trying. You will be submitting yourself to the word of God. But here's another factor. When you are constantly paying attention to the spiritual aspect of yourself, this is going to cause you to fight against what these spirits are trying to do to you. See, this kind of comes from, from what I'm looking at, this comes from an individual that doesn't fight. It said, I'm going to come back to the individual. And it said, it finds the house swept and garnished. You got to understand when the, when the, when the wrong spirit leaves out of you, you got to store up. You got to store the word of God up within you. You got to prepare your spirit for this spirit to come back. What do you mean you got to prepare? One, store the word of God up in you. Two, put the word of God in your heart. Three, stay away from the things that you are already battling. Four, you got to make sure that you have the proper teaching. You got to have knowledge. You got to have wisdom. You got to have an understanding. All of these things come from being taught and being taught correctly. What being taught? The word of God, of course. So you cannot see what happens with a lot of people. They get delivered and they think, oh, everything's all good. I'm delivered. And then they go on. They don't try to store up. See, just because you get delivered, that doesn't mean that the fight is over. That does not mean the fight is over. That means, if anything, that just means the round is over. You all seen boxing, UFC, you know what I'm saying? You've seen like fights, right? They got rounds. You've got like, you know what I'm saying? What is it? In, in UFC and MMA, you've got like three to five rounds. In boxing, you've got 12 rounds, right? Now, you have it where each round is judged. And the judges decide who won the round. Therefore, if there isn't a knockout or a submission, at the end of 12 rounds, five rounds, three rounds, how many other rounds, the judges put all the stats and the numbers together and then that's how they determine who won the fight who won the who got the most punches kicks throws takedowns and uh, you know what i'm saying what you know jabs crosses uppercuts whatever's they judge all that and then at the end of 12 rounds five rounds three rounds or whatever they say hey between the two this individual was the better fighter because he landed the most hits he did the most throws had the most takedowns had the most knockdowns he did this he did you get what i'm saying it's the same way spiritually when you get delivered from a spirit you basically just won round one okay you won round one round two is coming very soon Now's not the time to just just take a breather. No, now's the time to start storing up. Now's the time to start diving into the word of God, studying. Now's the time to start, 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 start getting more into prayer, fasting. Now's the time to start building yourself up spiritually with strength, knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Why? Because then this way, when the devil comes back and he's going to come, you have an understanding of one, not just how you defeated him the last time, but how you can defeat him this time and how you can continue to defeat him but not only continue to defeat him but to keep him out see what happens a lot of times is we are not looking to that for the devil to come back we're just looking that we got delivered and then we go on about our day no he's coming back 
You got to prepare. Notice what the scripture says. And if you don't believe me, it says he's coming back. This is what the scripture says. It says, um, starting from the 24th verse, it said, And when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. So therefore, that means that he's out there just, think of a man that's just homeless. He's just out there homeless. Like, I'm going to see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? When a man gets kicked out of his house, how many times have we either been kicked out or we moved out? Or be it you left on good or bad terms, it doesn't matter. You leave on good or bad terms from a house. I don't care if the sheriff puts you out. I don't care if you move because you found a better place, whatever the case may be. There are times where you drive through that neighborhood and you, I wonder if that house, how does the old house look? Well, I wonder who's in the old apartment. You, you know, you kind of start to think about it a little bit. But especially if you've been kicked out. If you've been kicked out, you're the kind of individual that's like, oh man, I wonder if I can go back. You'll go back to the house. You'll look around, you'll see, okay, is there any way I can get in? Maybe get a shower, go get my stuff, whatever the case may be. Or I wonder if I could just kind of just sneak in since nobody's in there. I'll just sneak in there, live in there because it's cold. out. Whatever the case may be, you go back. You think about the place. You, you know what I'm saying? You somehow, some way, your mind takes you back to there one way or another. You think about it. You drive through the old neighborhood just to look at the house or whatever the case may be. But you wind up going back to that old place some kind of way. It's the same way here. It says, and when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He said, I will return to my house, which I came out. He's calling you his house. So he's like, I'm coming back. I'm going to go back. Like I said, rounds. You won round one and put him out. He's saying, I'm coming back for round two. But notice, hold it. Now, Satan was in you at first, right? Now, notice, I'm going to look at him. Let me show you what Satan's going to do. While you're sitting up, running around, you got delivered. You're skipping down a yellow brick road, right? Just like, oh, yeah, I'm great. This and that, that and this. Satan is watching you, studying you, looking at where he can come back and attack you again, looking at weaknesses, looking for weak points, looking for ways that he can come and manipulate his way back into your life. You don't believe me? Let's read the next verse, all right? It says, and he cometh and he findeth it swept and garnished. What's the old term that we used to use? They come and they case the joint? That's what he's doing. Satan come back casing the joint. In other words, he comes in, he's looking around. They keep that window open at night. They don't lock their doors. They keep, the, they keep the front door locked, but the back door stays open. They keep the basement windows open. He's looking around. He's checking it out. He's studying it. This is how Satan does to an individual. When you go, now you got rid of this one spirit. You fought it off, whatever the case may be. Or even if it's still in you, which is even worse. You got to be careful of that. You got this one spirit in you or it's gone. Satan, whether he left and has to come back or whether he's still in you, he's forever studying you, forever studying you, forever watching, forever waiting. Satan's got nothing but time. And he's just forever just looking, studying you while you're thinking you're delivered, while you're trying to cover him up, while you're trying to say Satan is not in me. No, he's not there. He's not there. He's telling, yeah, you tell them. You're not doing such and such, such and such wrong. Why would the word of God tell you this and that? Don't listen to the word of God. And here it is. You go covering up these spirits. That's another thing that you got to be careful of. 
See, don't get me wrong. Gateway spirits aren't just those that leave you and come back. Gateway spirits are also those that are there and stay. See, a gateway spirit is just like a gateway drug. It's just one thing that helps introduce you to a whole world of other things. Instead of having these gateway spirits, get, 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 get gateway holiness. How about that? Do good towards God and then let it inspire you to do even more towards God. Let it inspire you to become an even more better person in God. Read the word of God and let that be a gateway to, 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 to more godliness. Pray, study, and fast. Let that be a gateway to more holiness, more righteousness, more understanding of the word of God. Go to church and instead of going to church to go to sleep. Go instead of going to church and trying to figure out who's wearing what or trying to hang out with everybody and treating them like, like it's some kind of a social club. Go to church to actually learn what the word of God has to say unto you. And let that be a gateway unto more godliness, unto more holiness, unto living a better lifestyle unto God, unto getting yourself into heaven. Let this be a, be, be a gateway for the better. Not having Satan constantly inhabiting you to be a gateway to the worser. See, Satan is forever looking. He's forever sitting back, studying, watching, waiting. My pastor always says Satan is forever pushing buttons. He's forever pushing buttons on an individual. Yeah, these buttons may not work. Okay, they got saved. So these buttons don't work. But out of... I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out a number. I'm not saying that this is how many, but out of 117 buttons, you're not going to tell me that all of them don't work anymore. And even if they don't, that's not going to stop Satan from pushing them. He's going to push all 117 buttons and he's going to push them every time. He's going to push them repeatedly. Why? Because he knows that, okay, you may not react to this now, but wait until you get into another situation. I'm going to come back and push that button. You may not react to anger right now, but let me get somebody to cross you and then come back and push the anger button. Will it still be deactivated? You may not be battling lust right now, but let your spouse die. Get a divorce. Let them walk out on you. Let you be going through the changes, whatever. Let your wife have a baby. He's going to come back and push that lust button again several times. You may not be going through mind demons right now, going through fear right now, going through things uh, in, in your mind right now. But wait until you lose your job. Wait until your doggone rent skyrockets. Wait until they go up on taxes. And now the amount of money you were bringing home is less than what it is that you need to survive. He's going to come and push that mind button again. He's going to come and he's going to keep, he's going to make things every single time something happens, he's going to come back and push, the, push another button. Pushing, pushing the same buttons every time. Like I said, he's sitting back studying you. He's watching. He's waiting. And when he sees that he can get in, the place where he sees he can get in, that's where he's coming. He's going to come right for that place. Be it that he comes directly or be it he comes tactfully through some kind of strategy. He's coming for that place. Instead of you acting like you're just so happy and, 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 and overjoyed, which you should be. Don't get me wrong. When you get delivered, yes, you should thank God, praise God to the highest, you know, rejoice. Absolutely. But this is the reason why the Bible tells you watch as well as pray. 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You may be the kind of individual who wants to be delivered. You might be the kind of individual who wants to stay delivered, get delivered. When you get the deliverance, or if you see that there's deliverance on the horizon, go after it, keep it, maintain it. See, that's the part. A lot of people get saved. They don't keep and maintain their salvation. A lot of people get delivered. They don't keep and maintain their deliverance. Why? They're not taught to. They may come in God and the only thing the pastor does is, hey, get saved and Satan and blah, blah, blah. And he's gone. And you know what I'm saying? They get in a prayer line and so forth and so forth. And, you know, they, they're all happy and rejoicing. The Lord didn't deliver me this and that, that and this. But because they didn't keep and maintain what it is that they had, they lost it. And when they lost it, it winds up pulling them away from God. That's the reason why it says the last state of that man is worse than what he did when what he was at the first. Why? Because you wind up being an individual who winds up leaving God. Don't just look at it that just because you were still at church, you didn't leave God. You got most of the church has left God still sitting in the church. They don't want to have nothing to do with God. They don't want to serve God. They don't want to think about God. They have nothing. They don't have, they, they care less. They're just there. They're just there to keep up formalities. They're just there because Satan tells them, go to church. They're just there because they're trying to make sure that um, they don't lose ties with the people that are there. They're trying to do it and make sure that their mom, to keep their mom and grandma happy. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. But your last state is still bad because you have still departed from the faith. You've still left God. You still are in a position where you are not pleasing unto God. That is the worst state to be in. You can come out of a lot of this natural stuff. But a lot of times when you're bad, when you're in a bad, when you're in a worse place spiritually, it's harder to come out of that. So let's see what it says. It says, and he, when he cometh, he finally swept and garnished. Satan is studying you. He's watching you. See, you might have hit Satan and knocked him down, but you didn't knock him out. See, you knocked him down and then you went rejoicing and oh yeah, you, no, you should have made sure that he stayed down. If you knock Satan down, kill him. You knock him down, you make sure he stays down. Don't let off of him. When the round ends, if he's still there, you're, if the round ends, go to your corner. Don't go to your corner. You know, rejoice in this and that, that and this, but don't go to your corner doing too much celebration. You got to wear, you know what I'm saying? Folks go to their corner, and I'm talking in a spiritual sense here. You go to your corner, your coach is trying to tell you, hey, do this and do that. You're trying to be all cocky. I got him, man. I got him. I knocked him out, man. Man, I got him, man. It's all good. You're jumping and shouting, you're praising, and then this and that, that and this. But the word of God is telling you to watch, watch him. He's coming. He's not out. He's over there watching you. You want to know what's going on over in Satan's corner? He's watching. He's getting overconfident. I'm going to let him get cocky. I'm going to let him do this. I'm going to let him do that. I'm going to come in. I'm going to sacrifice another round. I'm going to make sure that his confidence gets built up. 
You go in and then, you know what I'm saying, you go for round two. You come in there, you hit him a couple of times, he goes down. You hit him a couple of times, he starts running from you. You start, oh, you think you got Satan on the ropes. You think you're doing something. Now, spiritually, that's spiritual speaking. How does that, what does that mean naturally? Meaning, you get delivered. Whatever it is that you got delivered from. Let's say, you, let's, let, let's, let's use smoking. Let's use smoking. Okay, let's say you got delivered from smoking. Boom, you knock Satan down. Okay, you're jumping around, you rejoicing. I don't smoke cigarettes no more. I don't smoke weed no more. I don't smoke cigars no more. You know, I'm not smoking crack no more. Whatever it is your choice was, you know. And, you know, now you're all happy and you're rejoicing. Okay, Satan says, you know what? I'm gonna give him one or two rounds so that I can learn. So what does he do? Round two comes in. Now, here's round two. You got delivered, right? Now somebody comes up and says, hey, you want a cigarette? Hey, you want to come out and smoke with me? Hey, you want some some whatever it is? Oh, no, I'm good. I quit. No, I don't do that no more. I'm saved. That's round two. Build up your confidence a little bit that you're able just to say, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That helps build up the confidence. But then what Satan is doing is he's making sure to build up your confidence so that you can let your guard down. See, here's the thing. When your confidence goes up, keep your guard up even higher. Okay? The more your confidence builds, the more your guard stays up. And I'm talking spiritually, and this is me also speaking from the from the aspect of a fighter also. I'm, I, I, I also probably, well, anybody who listens to any of my podcasts, be it from here or on comic novels, you know I love, you know what I'm saying? You listen to me on YouTube. I got two black eyes and 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 not like physically. That's the name of my <laughs> That's the name of my um my uh my my YouTube page, Two Black Eyes. Um check it out if you can. But I'm not here to promote that. I'm what I'm saying is the what I'm getting at is, you know, anybody who knows me, they know that I am a martial artist. I practice martial arts on a regular basis. So therefore, you know, I'm not only speaking from you know, a spiritual standpoint of keeping the more confidence you have, the higher your confidence, the higher your guard. I'm also speaking from experience. The more confidence you get, you look at a lot of fighters. When they get real confident, they get real cocky. When they get real cocky, that guard loads. Now you're already fighting. When you when you're fighting, your guard, you know what I'm saying? You're holding up your hands, right? Those hands are they're heavy. You know, you're throwing these jabs, you're doing all this stuff, your guard drops. The reason why you look at it that by the end of round one and throughout the rest of the rounds, their guard is usually somewhere around their chest or around their waist, like their guard is real low, is because their arms are tired from holding their hands up the whole time and throwing those jabs and blocking. Your arms get tired. Okay? Now, what does that have to do with this? Spiritually speaking, you know what I'm saying? You let your guard drop, even though your confidence is up. You get an individual in a real fight, they, they get cocky. They think that they got their, their, um, their opponent on the ropes. They think they're about to finish them. Most times, they don't have their guard up. Their guard is dropped. Why? Because they're, they're thinking that any moment now, I could go in for the kill. I got him. I don't have to worry about him. He's, a, he's another one that's defeated. So their guard drops because they think that they have it better than what they do. But then you get it every now and then you watch that one fight where the person who looks like they're about to lose, they come and hit them one good time with a sucker punch. 
dazes him. They dazed the guy that thought that he he had his guard dropped. He was cocky. And then he comes and dazes him. And then next thing you know, dude gets the upper hand. He gets the advantage. And the other the, the guy who thought he was going to win can't recover. It's the same way. I mean, it's the same way spiritually. You keep that guard up. I don't care how much you think you defeated Satan. You keep that guard up. Because once that guard drops, Satan's going to make sure it drops just enough to hit you with one good sucker punch. He's going to hit you with one good hit. And it's going to knock you silly. And by that time, it doesn't matter if your guard is up or not. Because now where you were on the offense, he's going to put you back on the defense. No, you need to be on defense and offense at all times. Keep your guard up and keep attacking Satan. Keep your guard up and keep studying Satan. Keep your guard up and make sure you, if you have to maintain your distance, maintain your distance. When it's time to attack, you need to attack. When it's time to stand back, you got to do what you got to do regarding what you, regarding whatever it is that it takes for you to stay safe and to stay delivered. Like I said, you have to maintain it. You got to keep your deliverance. You got to maintain it. So you get it where you can keep it, meaning like you hold on to your deliverance, but you don't maintain it. What do you mean? Meaning, what's the difference? Keep and maintain. You think like, well, you know, they kind of both mean the same thing, right? They kind of both mean the same thing. Well, let's put it like this. Notice. Prime example, prime example. You got it where somebody has an old car. That they keep in the garage. Or they keep in the backyard or they keep under a tarp in the driveway. Right. They keeping it. It's there. You pull the tarp off. You go in the garage. You go in the backyard. The car is all dusty, dirty. You know, you got doggone bees and, 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 and stuff like that on on the inside. You know what I'm saying? A doggone squirrel, squirrels and mice and made nests in the engine. You know what I'm saying? Why? You just kept it. You were just keeping it. You were just holding on to it. But the, you look at the individual who maintains that old car that they keep in the garage, maintains that old car that they keep under a tarp in the driveway, maintains that car in the backyard. That car stays shining. The engine stays tuned up. Purrs like a kitten, roars like a lion. Windows are always shining. Car always has a nice wax job. They take it to get it washed in the summer. They drive it around to make sure to keep all the parts going. Hey, every now and then they pull everything apart, shine everything up, polish everything, lubricate everything, make sure all the seals are there. Hey, they, you know what I'm saying? Hey, the carburetor's here. They change the oil. They make sure to maintain it. It's the same way with your salvation. It's one thing to keep it. You may keep your deliverance, but you don't maintain it. So you, therefore, you keep it. But it's just like, you know, like put it like this. You're keeping it. But it's like Satan is constantly talking to the mind. And you know what I'm saying? So therefore, it's like you may be keeping it, but the temptation is steadily growing because you're allowing it to grow because, you're, you're, you know, you're going around it. You're going around whatever it is that's tempting to you. So, OK, put it to you like this. We'll go back with the smokers. Right. So therefore, it's like, OK, you're keeping it. You may keep your deliverance. 
but you still hang around people that smoke. You know what I'm saying? You're hanging around people that smoke. So therefore, it's like it's constantly always tempting you. It's constantly always there. It's like you're always that smell is always there. The 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 you know what I'm saying? Your people are always and 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 and, and you never see, you know what I'm saying, when you're being tempted, you never see the downside of it. You only see the glamorous side of it. You know what I'm saying? If you're tempted to go back to smoking, you're not looking at the folks that are walking around coughing, can't breathe, can't walk more than five feet. You're not looking at them. No, you're looking at the folks who are like, they take a nice long drag and their cigarette, they're, they're blowing into the air, they're smiling, and they're like, oh, I feel great, and this and that. No, you see the people that everybody's hanging out, they're laughing, they're joking, they're sharing, and you know what I'm saying? One's bumming a smoke off the other one, everybody's passing the cigarettes around, and you see the glamorous side of it. It's forever just tempting you, calling you back, and you're just you're just forever like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I gotta fight it. You may be keeping your salvation, but you're not getting away from that environment. As opposed to those who maintain their salvation. What do you mean? Meaning you stop smoking, all your friends that smoke, you don't deal with them no more. You stop committing fornication or adultery. Okay, all those friends who like to go out and hang around and they like to lay up and whatnot, you don't hang around those people no more. You don't go to the bars and the clubs where everybody is, you know, basically trying to hook up. You stay off of these websites where everybody, where you all off of these sex websites where everybody's just trying just to go and hook up for sex. You stay, you know what I'm saying? You go home to your wife. You go home to your husband. Or you just go more after God if you're single. You stay away from that environment. You stay away from those people. You change your friends. You change your focus. That's the individual that's keeping and maintaining. They're keeping, meaning they're holding on to it, but they're maintaining it by making sure that their deliverance, their salvation stays good and polished and shined up in the eyesight of God. Instead of going around the things that tempted them, they're going more around godliness, holiness, righteousness. They're reading more of their Bible. They're, they're, they're studying. They're meditating. Their mind is constantly more on the things of God rather than what it is that they were dealing with. So let's see. Satan, and it says, you know, it says, it says, and when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished, meaning Satan is studying. So therefore, you should have filled that house. Satan calls you his house. You should have filled it with what? The word of God. Spiritually, we're talking on the spiritual. When we're reading the word of God right now, this is Jesus talking. We're reading the word of God. We're talking on a spiritual level where it says, Satan says, I'm going to go back to my house from which I came. He finds it swept and garnished, meaning you didn't fill it. Now you go back to your old house, right? You move from a house or whatever. You go back around the old neighborhood. You go and see if somebody moved in. Most people, and I'm guilty of this. Most people, when they see that the house, no one's moved into the house, you go and look inside the windows. What Did they change anything? Did they redecorate? You know what I'm saying? Is that hole still left in the floor that I left before I, you know, that I left there? You know, it, or, you know what I'm saying? Are the walls still not painted? Like you go and you look through the windows to see, like, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to look to see what's going on. You see, did they, oh man, hey, look, they remodeled, they fixed this, they did that. Oh man, they repainted the place, they did this, oh man. They must be getting it ready for somebody that moved in, is about to move in. Or you go and look in and see somebody's in there. You're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, so uh, my bad. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you go and you look. And that's what Satan's doing. He's looking. 
You need to make sure that if Satan looks, he sees windows are shut, doors are locked, doggone furniture is abundant. He needs to see there's somebody in this house. And then he needs to see you standing there watching and waiting. He needs to see that you have all your doors locked, bolted. You got stuff pushed in front of the doors to make sure that nobody comes in that is not wanted. And then he needs to make sure that he sees you there. The strong man of the house, armed and ready to protect your house. But it says it finds it swept and garnished. Right? Swept and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. So now he's going back saying, we're going to go take this house back over. Hey, they're not doing nothing with it. So what does that mean? Meaning you're keeping your salvation. You're not doing nothing with it. The individual that maintains their salvation, the individual that maintains uh, their deliverance, they're doing something with it. They're doing something with it. They're keeping it. And they're keeping it in a great way. They're maintaining it. They're, they're, they're making sure that, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to lose this. But to you, it says going to the house, spirits more wicked than himself. He goes and gets other because he says, hey, they're keeping the house up. It's swept and garnished. They're keeping it looking at halfway decent, but nobody's in there. There's nobody in there. So he goes and gets several other demons more worse than himself. And what are they coming? They're coming for an invasion. You guys ever watch wrestling? I don't know how many wrestling fans we have in there, but you watch wrestling, right? And then you have it where... Um, where you get it where um, the um, normally it's the good guy. Normally it's the good guy. He's, you know, they're wrestling and whoever the good guy of the match is, they start to beat the bad guy. And then you have it where, you know, some guys come running from out of the audience or some guys come running from backstage. And, you know, when the referee's back is turned, they hit him with a chair, they jump him, they do their finish and move on him and this, that. And then they jump out of the ring, right? That's what Satan is coming to do to you. You thought by keeping your, you just kept it. You're not maintaining it. You're not making sure that you're staying away from the right people. You're not making sure you're doing this and that. No, you're just keeping it, meaning you're saved, you're delivered, you're this and that, but you're not necessarily really like trying to store up. You're not praying. You're not studying. You're just delivered. The person that's maintaining it is reading, praying, studying, staying away from it, fighting Satan at every point in turn, keeping their mind off of it. They're making sure that their house is fully, fully furnished. They're making sure their house isn't just swept and garnished, but it's swept, garnished and furnished. See, it says swept and garnished. It didn't say the house was full of stuff. It said it was empty, swept and garnished. No, the person that maintains, keeps and maintains their salvation, keeps and maintains their deliverance. It's an individual who has a house swept, garnished, remodeled, furnished, guarded. It's to say the house was empty, swept, and garnished. Any empty house is not being, yeah, you can lock the doors of an empty house, but that, that's not going to stop anybody. But to the individual, like I said, and even it even says it, um, if I'm not mistaken, Let's see. Um, look at what uh, it was a set of scriptures right before. Right before the 24th verse, it says in the 22nd verse. Well, let's see. No, the 21st verse. When a strong man armed 
keeps his place. His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. Then it go to, you go to the 24th verse and it talks about the unclean spirits walking about and they come back finding the house swept and garnished. Why? Because the strong man wasn't there protecting his goods. The strong man was not there making sure that everything was being guarded. When you get delivered, when you get saved, you got to be that strong man and you got to always be on guard. It's not time to go rejoicing and celebrating and acting like you won the battle. You got to win all rounds, not just round one and round two, because when Satan gets round two, you know, he may give you round one, two and three, but he's going to take four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Round 10. So therefore, you might only win five rounds. There's 12 rounds. That means he wins seven rounds. Guess what happens when you die? Satan won all 12 rounds. If he wins all 12 rounds, if he wins the majority of the rounds, you don't want Satan to win not one round. You want to win all 12 rounds. You want to make sure that no matter what, at the end of the fight, Satan is either knocked out, dead, or that you have beaten Satan to where it's like, hey, Lord, I, I did what you told me to do. I kept the faith. Satan was always on me, but I fought him at every given point in time. I did what you told me to do. I watched as well as prayed. And when Satan came, I was right there to defend, right there to guard. He wasn't ever getting anything. Even when he did come and do things unexpectedly, because I was stored up. Because I kept my house fully furnished, locked down. Because I seen him when he, I heard him when he was upstairs and he broke the window. I heard when there was somebody who was downstairs trying to kick in the basement door. I heard that there was somebody knocking on the front door but trying to break in the back door. I, I was ready. I was ready. I had things in place. I had your word in place to protect me at every point, given point in time. We gotta be watchful. Yes, life will hit you with a lot of unexpected things. That does not mean that you cannot be fully protected. See, Satan will hit you with a lot of unexpected stuff so that then this way, the little bit of salvation that you thought you were keeping, the little bit of deliverance you thought you were keeping will just fall apart. But if you're maintaining it, if you're keeping your house swept, garnished, full, and, and, and locked and guarded. That even when the unexpected happens, it's not going to be as devastating. It's not going to be as hard. You may have to take some loss, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be devastated. And I assure you, whatever loss you're going to take, the Lord is going to be right there with you the whole time. As opposed to you keeping your house empty, swept and garnished. Satan comes in He's going to come in and he's just going to take you over. You're not going to even have the time to call on God. You're not going to have time to reach out. Lord, help. nope. You look at a lot of people who have somebody, they break into the house or they stick them up. Do they have time to call the police? Most of them don't. And even if they do call the police, by the time the police get there, the damage has already been done. But when you have the individual who was vigilant, when you have the individual who was watching, when you have the individual who was on guard, normally 
It's only one of two scenarios with them. Either they're calling the police after they've subdued or driven the criminal away. Or they're calling the police saying there's somebody trying to, but we're holding them off. So in my close, you want to make sure that when you get delivered, when you get saved, you want to make sure that you keep yourself, you keep yourself maintained. Keep your spirit man maintained. Keep your mind maintained. Keep your flesh maintained. Keep your, keep your desires maintained. Make sure that you don't allow yourself to slip back into different things. You get delivered, you get saved. I'm telling you, and I'm speaking this from experience. I'm not just saying this. I've done this. When I first got saved, I stopped hanging out with a lot of people. When I say stop hanging out, meaning I just stopped, I just stopped, I lost contact with them 100%. The only people who I didn't lose contact with were a lot of family members. But even with them, I stopped hanging around them. I stopped going around them. I stopped interacting with them. We'll share some words. Hey, how you doing? This and that, that and this. After that, I keep moving. I changed the company of people that I was around. Why? To make sure that I could maintain my salvation and maintain my deliverance. I studied. I prayed. Focused on God. Meditated on God. I fasted. I did these things. Why? To strengthen myself. I stayed in studying. I stayed in the word. I listened at church when the pastor was preaching. Why? To fill the house. So that when Satan came back, he didn't find an empty house. He found a house that was full, maintained, and he found the strong man in the house watching, waiting, and fully prepared. When I speak to you guys, I'm not speaking from a point of this is what you should do. I'm speaking from a point of I've been through these things. While I was saved, I had to get delivered from things. But when I got delivered, I maintained the deliverance. And I did it through these steps. I'm not just telling this, saying, this is what I think. This is what I know. This isn't what I think. This is, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. I've lived through this. 20 years of salvation. I got saved in 2001. It's 2021. I've been saved for 20 years. I've been through a lot. And now I'm passing all of my knowledge to those of you who need help. To those of you who aren't being taught. To those of you who don't have good pastors, I call on you and I ask you, listen, apply what I'm telling you. It'll work for you. God will stand with you. But if you don't do it, then you'll never get the results. I follow my pastors. He followed Christ. He went through things. He battled them. He taught me how to battle. He taught me how to fight. I'm using those same techniques and I'm doing what the Bible says. Take what you heard. Take what you learned. Commit it unto faithful men. To those of you who are listening, 
I ask, don't just listen. Don't just be a hearer of the word, deceiving yourself. Be a doer of the word. This is Reverend Lyle Lewis, a.k.a. Sean Lou. You guys take care. Stay safe. Be safe. God bless.